If you were a big time quarterback, what car would you drive as part of an NIL deal? We'll talk big time deals and big time wheels. We'll also take a look at some changes coming to Ohio Stadium. Tickets are on sale and the offseason rolls on in this edition of the 11 Dubcast. I'm Andy Vance joining you alongside Johnny Genter as always. Johnny, uh, you know, the offseason grinding on as it does. The gears of the offseason uh, grind exceedingly slowly, but they grind exceedingly fine to the tune that we, uh, the biggest news of the week, probably, yeah, I, I would say, had to be C.J. Stroud, quarterback of the local football team, signing a luxury car deal as part of his NIL package, driving home Hell yeah, a sweet Mercedes G wagon. Uh, so, new normal, right? Everybody's got to have wheels these days. A year ago, though, it was like pickup trucks, and now it's yeah, yeah. straight up to the six-figure highbrow luxury car section what did i mean did he make the right choice is this the right car for g-wagon g-wagon sweet i i feel like i don't know i mean Riker is getting in on that which you know smart on their part i mean that's you know i'm not i'm not hating on that at all i, I think you've got a you've got a very uh you know good i don't want to say exploitable that makes it sound shady or whatever but you've got a you've got a smart in right like that's something that you want to do you want to if you're a car dealership and you want to you know have these guys tool around in your cool cars then yeah i think that's i think that's pretty sweet and it's not just Riker, obviously but like i mean in general like i don't know you kind of take what you can get I don't know if there's a local Lambo dealer that they could be going after, but in general, you know, I think it's, I think it's cool. I like it. And I, that's what I wrote. I mean, I'm, you know, cars, I don't think are, are the, the best thing in the history universe in terms of overall impact on our society, but in general, they're kick ass and they look cool as hell. And you know, the G wagon's a pretty, a pretty sweet piece of equipment. I like it. Don't ask me how I know this, but uh, Central Ohio does, in fact, have a Lamborghini dealership in the Western Auto Group uh, as the Lamborghini Ohio dealership. I have. No well, idea. that's a missed opportunity on their part because. Yeah, they should be in on that. I mean, right? come on, man. Uh, I, mean, I have to I have to tell you, do you know what bothers me, though, about Lamborghini? This is there's there's a big thing that bothers me. Please tell me. I need to know. They're they're rolling out a sport utility vehicle. That's hilarious. That actually is very funny. And the, I want to know, okay, hang on. I got to look up with the Lambo. It's, it's the 2022 Lamborghini Urus Sport Utility. Urus? Urus. You, like, I think that means bear, right? And so... Ursus? Well, no, now that you say that, now I'm questioning my Latin. Uh, you well, I don't are know. U.S. Italian? You are U.S. I don't know. I don't speak Italian either. But this thing is apparently a four-liter V8 engine. It looks like kind of a crossover deal, like, you know, one of those, I don't know, is it cross Chrysler that I think is it the crossfire yeah. or something like, a, you know, it, it, I don't know. Lamborghini. Why did you do this? This bothers yeah, it looks dumb. It looks does dumb. look dumb. I'm glad. I'm glad you agree. It does look dumb. Looks like a shoe. Uh, I, don't like I, it. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, I did see a sweet, sweet car over the weekend. This is just a random non sequitur on the topic of hot cars that people should totally drive if given the opportunity to do so through an NIL deal, uh, yeah. driving up I 71 North at exactly the posted speed limit of 70 miles an hour was the Ford GT supercar. Okay. Uh, which retails for about a half a million dollars. I was about to say now that I, that was a fine looking automobile. Uh, I, we kind of chuckled because it, the thing's getting passed by, you know, everything on the interstate 
And the stunning Mrs. Vance made the wry observation that I suppose if you're driving a half million dollar car that will do zero to 60 in about half a second, you probably keep it right around the limit because Johnny Law will turn you every which way but loose. Well, that and I would be like, (laughs) I would be terrified. I wouldn't want that thing to get (laughs) jacked up. Well, I don't even know that I would drive. I would I probably honestly, that's one of those things that I would probably just like rent out if I had the if I had a half a mil to drop on a car. I probably also would have the means to rent a track yeah, of some yeah, sort right, somewhere. Right. I'm going to have this trailer and by the way, to that's and from. a real thing. For people who don't know, super, super rich people absolutely do this. They have their super awesome souped up race type cars. They pull their money together. They rent a track, like a legit racing track for the weekend. And then they just race each other. And there's hundreds of guys hundreds of super rich people with trailers and all kinds of other stuff who travel around the country doing a circuit and that's basically what they do just for fun um it's absolutely a real thing and i would love to be part of that 660 so, horsepower johnny 660 it's good lord it's, it's incredible yeah that's wild uh, I, and just driving up i-71 north somewhere in like ashland county it was it was great uh awesome. okay back to nil deals so so this is I mean, I'm, I'm thinking this is probably the most common uh, of the big ticket NIL deals now. And we should say, like, Stroud is not getting the car. Like, they're not handing him the pink slip. It, this has got to be some no, sort yeah, of, like, loaner. you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a loner type of deal. He's going to get – this is the what I thought was really interesting. He gets to swap this puppy out every 45 to 60 days. So every two Fantastic. months, you're like, eh, I'm kind of tired of the G. Let's try uh, – insert next car here, which is, you know – kind of wild in and of itself that a college student's going to get to trade out six-figure automobiles every six months every uh two months uh mm-hmm. as as pleases them chris Olave drove a bmw x7 ahead of the nfl draft as part of a right. similar partnership that wasn't bad you wrote about this this week um uh, and and i i have to tell you as i was reading your piece the the thing that just jumped out at me and made me just again pause to take a breath and think yes this is okay that these kids are getting these nil deals is that uh former buckeye and i mean former for about 27 minutes uh quinn yours is getting an aston martin yeah around, <laughs> around by the Arlington. way he and he had he had a car deal here at ohio state yeah he had well. a pickup truck right yeah but then he was like, uh, let's let's go. Let's go luxury. Let's get the Aston Martin. And I look, I'm, I'm a I'm a truck guy. Like, I enjoy trucks. I'm not you know, I used to drive them as as part of a job and all that kind of stuff. Right. I delivered auto parts and I, I just loved I, they were all stick shifts. And I just love driving a truck. That's a stick. It just feels like you're you know, you're part of that machine. But damn, somebody gives me an Aston Martin to tool around in. Yeah, I'm gonna take that. I, that's that's a good that's a good trade. I enjoy that. Plus, I don't know if anybody saw, but the interior of that thing, holy crap, it's like tricked out with custom leather, like orange, burnt orange leather interior. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I'm here to tell you if uh if if one of these days we start buying lottery tickets in our house and the thing gets the ridiculous splurge thing that I absolutely don't need that I will buy will be an Aston Martin V12. Uh, the, those cars. I mean, I remember when James Bond was driving the V12 yeah. Vanquish in, I think it was probably die another day. I think that was the one with Halle Berry in it. And oh, gosh, you know, Bond nice. always drove an Aston Martin. I feel like that was his yeah, car. Yeah, that's like the thing. Yeah. But in that particular movie, number one, that was great. God bless Halle Berry, uh, native of the state of Ohio. I don't know if Correct. you knew that or not. Great little piece of trivia from Cleveland. 
but the the v12 vanquish that um he drove in that film was one of the most beautiful automobiles ever to grace the the silver screen uh and i have seen gone in 60 seconds so i've seen a few pretty cars mm -hmm. uh little little nod to nick cage classics there uh you know they don't do the vanquish anymore i think the big one now is like the, the maybe the vantage i think is their v yeah i think now. yeah the vantage yes yeah i think that's so similar similar car uh, I will not get also nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Of course it's nice. It's a 200 yeah. and some thousand dollar automobile. Yeah. Uh, now my question for you is one, is this the latest sign that the apocalypse is upon us? I was reading the <laughs> comments on last week's episode, uh, after we published and you know, we discussed NIL last week, cause as I may have mentioned earlier, it is the off season. Uh, and, and someone, um, in the comments suggested that actually, the 13 point, the 13 million dollars that Ryan Day says he needs to run his program every year is actually going to drive inflation here in the city of Columbus <laughs> and Franklin County. That, I hope that uh, was a joke. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I not sure. I'm not sure. I really uh, is. Joke. Is this though? I mean, this, this is all this is all to the good, right? There's nothing bad about these kids getting cars. Is no, whatever. Who cares? I mean, and here's the other thing. And I mentioned this in the in the in the post, but I was like, look you know car dealerships and like the shady car deal whatever that was shorthand for <laughs> you're cheating like right like that was yes. the whole thing like look yeah at these yeah this was a this was a big scandal like mm, i don't know 24 months ago yeah exactly and, and that was and for years though i mean going back decades honestly it's like look at the cars these guys are driving uh, yeah you don't see our guys drive blah 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 and you know what <sighs> I drove, and again, another thing I mentioned in the article, I drove a 2001 Chevy Cavalier in college. It, the paint was completely gone from the roof. It had AM FM radio, and that's it. It didn't have, it didn't have even a tape deck. So like, I get it. You know, when you're trying to go out there, you want to impress somebody. You want to feel good about yourself, especially as a young person in college. You, you want to have a ride commensurate with how you feel. And uh, 2001 Cavalier was not it. So I'm just going to say, if somebody wants to offer me, if somebody wants to go back in time and offer 20 year old Johnny an Aston Martin or a G wagon or some comparable car in 2000 and however old I was 2005, I guess when I was 20, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to go, no, I got to stay humble and make sure that, you know, everybody on the, all my friends don't get jealous. I'd be like, screw my friends. I hope they're jealous. I hope everybody I know is jealous because I want this. Like it's, it's a natural, normal impulse to want to have a kick-ass car. And I don't begrudge these guys one single bit, particularly if you happen to be the best quarterback in the entire freaking country. So I don't know, man. G-Wagon, I feel like that's appropriate for CJ Stroud to be riding around in. I think yeah. that's earned, frankly. So if somebody wants to give them a loaner for that, cool, go for it. Now, if it's like a long snapper who's a walk-on and somebody's given them like, you know, a GT40, like a classic GT40, then okay, maybe that's a little weird. I don't, maybe that's, maybe that's not quite what we envision when we think about nil but when we're talking about these guys who are like the all-time not all-time but all americans you know projected to be heisman candidates all that kind of stuff give them a car i have no problem with that i have zero problem with that yeah i didn't uh i didn't read the story but i did see a headline earlier this week and i, 
I'm I'm pretty sure it was at the at the athletic. Uh, yeah, it, it was. I think it was um, in Andy Staples' mailbag. Somebody asked, you know, could yeah. could some billionaire and I think like a Jeff Zebo Jeff Bezos example, uh, you know, decided to come in and 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 buy themselves a national title? Could they do it? You know, could could a could an infinite amount of money? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like this. The way the guy asked it in the mailbag was really funny. You know, let's say a Saudi. I mean, they do functionally eat. have an infinite amount of money. So. Right. Well, he said let, the, the setup was let's say. A Saudi prince decided he's a huge UMass fan. <laughs> how much would he have to invest and how long would it take for him to get to the college football playoff? I love that. That was great. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So, all right, moving on because, you know, you can only do so much in a, in a NAL stuff, but the car thing tickled me and it was a good excuse to talk about, uh, talk about cars, uh, which is never a bad thing to talk about. All right. Um, let's, let's go on to Believe it or not, shooty hoops. Malachi Branham invited uh, to attend the 2022 NBA draft to the the green room. I Fun. would say that is one of the latest signs that uh, we would expect him to hear his name called in a very favorable spot. Uh, they don't just hand those out. One of 16 players to get invited to the draft so far as the top 16 prospects uh, in the ESPN top 100 each got an invite. Have you been following NBA draft stuff at all? Like, are you are you locked in on where Branham is going to go and have your jersey bought ready to <laughs> support the latest Buckeye into uh, the big times? Not a ton, but you know what? Like, that's one of those things where I'm such a negative guy. Like, I'm such a suspicious, um, you know, uh, pessimist, I guess, in general. Uh, when, when somebody once commented on one of my things where I said, I am forever hedging at life. And that's exactly correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I would be suspicious. I'd be like, you're going to just put the cameras on me while I, you know, if I fall in the, in the draft, you know what I mean? Like they're going to, you're going to, you're going to put me on and give me a ton of airtime in the first four or five picks. And then you're going to keep going back to me until I finally get drafted. And if it goes until like, the thirties or forties or something, you'll laugh your way to the bank because you're me. You'll think that's hilarious. And then you'll repost it a thousand times on Twitter and Instagram. Like, I don't want that. I'd be like, no, I'm going to stay at home. And then you can just go ahead and put me on TV whenever I get drafted. But Branham, you know, I think he's been going up the draft board. People can see a lot of his potential, obviously. Um, and we've talked a little bit about him and EJ Liddell and how they compare and contrast as, as uh, you know, potential athletes and players in the NBA, they both bring some interesting skills uh, to the table. And, and it's going to be, to me, both of those guys, there will be a team that goes, they're a good fit for us. It's not going to be a situation where it's like, I think for either of them, no matter how highly they're, they're regarded right now, I don't think it's going to be a situation where every single team is going to be like, we need this dude in our team, no matter what. Um, I think there are some teams that, will be able to make them fit a little bit better than others. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still think, you know, you're looking at both of these guys, top 10, top 15, top 12, whatever. And uh, I'm excited for him. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. And it says a lot about at least if not the results that Holtman is getting the, the caliber of player that they're at least able to, uh, to procure and, you know, dare I say develop, I don't know. So Maybe. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be fun. The, the thing that still just blows my mind about all this was if you, that EJ Liddell is the guy who's get like kind of fallen down the list relative yeah, a little brand. I'm like, you, and, and it fallen is the wrong word there, but I mean, I, I really just 
never expected Brandon to blow past him right uh like he has I mean but again, but again I think it's exactly what you said you there's so many things you can see this guy doing it's gonna be really interesting to see what kind of career he has you know the, to me the NBA is such a crapshoot for these guys yeah more, more so maybe than any other league I mean there's because you, you just picture like you know you, you can you can hang around in the NFL a long time if you're a hard worker and a you know a good a, a decent uh sure, yeah. know, teammate like there's guys that make a living for a long long time you know practice play, practice squad guys or or you know we say backup quarterback you know he's got the best job oh absolutely uh, in the world you can, have, you can have yourself a 15-year career as a backup quarterback and then, i think I some like of the guys that were behind ben roethlisberger over the years you know gonna be charlie batch and oh sure uh, yeah. some of those guys that were just like you know they were just there forever in a day um yeah anyway but, but the nba i don't know it's different i in some part of it's because there's fewer bodies there um it's not like having 50 some guys on an nfl roster i guess let's go back there to football. guys i mean yeah, there are dudes in the nba who can stick around for a while and be role players contribute the problem is is that i think with the nba is that like i mean again i'm not discounting the wear and tear obviously in the nfl i mean that would be insane but because your roles are so specialized in the NFL that if you're competent and, and you can stay uninjured, you can stay relatively healthy. Um, I think that gives you a niche that you can kind of develop in the NBA. You've got to be really like, even the most specialized guys still have to be pretty versatile in today's NBA. You know what I mean? Like yep. you really can't just be a giant dude, like a center and okay, well, he's just going to occupy space. You can't do that anymore in the NBA. Right. So I think for a lot of dudes, because you have to be so versatile, you have to be so athletic. It's harder to stay in for a long period of time. You got to be able to score consistently. Um, you know, like a guy like John Stockton, who played for 30 years or whatever, you can't be a, you can't be a mediocre version of that. If that makes sense. Right. right? Like you got to be real. If you want to be that dude, if you want to be, you know, Chris Paul or whatever, you've got to be really good. And you can't just be kind of okay at it because they're not, there won't be a spot for you on a roster. So I, I think because there's so much that's demanded of players and so many different things that's demanded of players in today's NBA, I think it makes it a lot harder uh, for a journeyman to kind of stick around for a long time. Yeah, totally agree. Let's talk about uh, Ohio Stadium for a minute. And, and, and I want to make sure we allow lots and lots of time for uh, our favorite segment ask us anything because uh lots to cover there ohio oh, yeah. stadium's undergoing a, a, a not insignificant facelift right now johnny i think if you were to fly a drone over the stadium uh it, it looks it pretty... would get shot down by yeah. snipers i, I think like they probably <laughs> have some sort of missile defense system yeah they have, a, they have a missile defense that they got the stinger missiles that pop out of the top yeah. because you're not allowed they do not want to review, you know, anybody to see it before it is time to be revealed. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. True story. The turf being replaced in Ohio stadium. It's kind of wild to watch him take that up. The uh, turf, new turf being installed. And of course you could buy a piece of this now really vintage turf. It was installed ahead of the 2014 national championship season. Buckeyes went a combined 44 and uh, 48 and four rather on that turf undefeated against Michigan. So it's kind of special grass in that regard or whatever you call this. It's not really grass, but uh, are you excited about new turf? Is this just one of those things that, uh, yeah, that happens every seven to eight years or, or was it time for, you know, a big change like this? It's really weird looking to see the pictures. 
it is weird just because you you know you see that concrete underneath it i i mean i don't know man like i'm a i like are, the are you gonna buy a piece of the turf like are no you... god no hell okay. no and you know what so uh in 2004 yeah in 2004 when i that was the first mission game that i attended um and i was a student at ohio state at the time and we rushed the field after they beat michigan and i grabbed a piece of the turf of the grass the actual grass not like you know yeah. fake grass but it was real grass mm-hmm. and i had a huge chunk with me <laughs> and uh i was delirious at that point because i had been up forever and the game was insane and all this other stuff and it ended you know it felt kind of late because it's in november and all this other stuff and i went to the wendy's um on high street and I was, I probably ate $30 worth of food at the Wendy's because I was just like going crazy. And I left the piece of the turf in the bathroom. And so, I mean, it was gone. Like somebody obviously gone. took it. And uh, I was like, you know what? It just, it wasn't meant to be. And I don't know what I would have done with it anyway. I would have taken it back to my apartment, probably let it die slowly over the course of several, you know, <laughs> like several days, attracted a bunch of ants and eventually thrown it away. I'm not going to pay money for fake grass that, yeah. yeah i don't know i understand it's like oh it's a sacred yeah it's is it worth the 150 dollars they'll probably demand uh, you know they'll put i'm sure they'll put it in like some little light box or whatever but like i don't know oh man i'm not i'm not real chomping out of the bit to to to, to get one of those things how about you are you trying to, to, to is that, quote is that gonna go of, in the memorabilia to quote one of, of my uh, yeah to quote one of my favorite characters from film uh the the uh, band director in the film whiplash played to oscar worthy um oscar worthy i don't know what the word is here but it was an oscar winning performance for the great jk simmons who is a huge ohio state fan as um true fans may know that it's just not my tempo not my tempo did you ever see the movie whiplash that's a great one you should totally watch that that's very good it's a fantastic film and i just love that line uh and so i use that now i said it's not my not my tempo uh i don't get it if i'm being quite honest um what am i gonna do with it i i have lots of i guess i have lots of crap like i'm looking around my office here i've got a <laughs> I, I, I got tons of crap what's I, a little I mean, bit I, more crap well like i'm looking around my i'm looking around my office like things that i choose to keep you know it's kind of interesting what, what mostly things on my shelves mostly books yeah. um you know i got some some pictures Lots of family books. you know i got a few pictures of family but in my ohio state specific stuff uh you know i've got a couple of so when i was in when i was in college i guess for christmas a couple years in a row one of the I don't even know who made them, but I have like ceramic statues of Brutus uh, and the eye daughter uh, from the marching band. So Susan Van Player, which I was one, not at, not at Ohio State, but that was the instrument I played in high school. So I've got those. I've got a nice little 11 Warriors mini helmet, which I, I believe um, you can acquire at the dry goods store at 11 warriors.com, or at least have been able to in the past. Got some, uh, I got a beat Michigan button that I'm pretty sure came from the dry goods store. That's um, and I've got a Buckeye necklace there, as, as a fellow should have. I've got an Ohio State sousaphone uh, playing gnome, like a yard gnome. <laughs> okay. I don't really remember. I think mom probably got me that one. And then I've got my basically my credentials from the years I've been covering uh, the wrestling team. So nice. I don't normally save lanyards from conferences and trade shows, but I have saved my credentials. So you know what I did? I, I also have that. When we did, before we had the beat writers, um I saved my credentials when I covered a couple of the football games. That was pretty, yeah. So that's, 
but, I, but, yeah, but I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, where would Couple I put things. the turf? Like, where would I put the turf? You know, so, so in essence, yeah. out of like, what do I have? One, two, three, four times. Three. I've got 12 shelves here in my office. There is only one of them that is not completely covered with books. And I just basically described to you everything that is on yeah. the other shelf. So like, I don't know where the turf goes and all that. I don't know what I do. You're, you're right. They probably shadow box it or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just but one I more just, thing. I don't need dust. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think it's just, it's, it's not that interesting. I don't think. Now, um, if that is your tempo, let me just say, if that is your tempo, you do you as the kids say these days, sure. You, you go and buy that and, yeah. and, and cherish it. It's just not my thing. I don't go get for it. it. The thing though, is to me, the reason, I guess my point with like saying that I got, you know, when we stormed the field and stuff, well, that had meaning. Cause I was at, the you were game, there. Yeah. You were there. I yeah. physically picked it up That's off right. of the turf and took it with me. Yeah. It'd be like if, if you were there and you tore down the goalpost, you know, you'd yeah. want to take the goalpost home. Right. Just yeah, like the Dr. That's... Pepper commercial. I mean, yeah, you, I get that. Yeah. But like, if it's just like a random section that you get, yeah, I don't know it, it to me, it seems less. Plus the other thing is because it's not replaced every year, right? It's not, it's not from a specific time or place. It's just mm -hmm. kind of turf that's been around forever. And it, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it has a connection to any particular like thing. So I don't know, it just wouldn't be my thing, but you know, if other people want to do it, go for it, make it be part of your, your Ohio state shrine and make it the centerpiece. I don't know. It's up to you. You, you can uh, apparently submit your name and email address somewhere at Ohio State's website to get the latest news about the upcoming turf sale price. Oh my gosh. I, and you know what? Yet. I bet they make bank on it too. Yeah, they, they will. Yeah, absolutely. will. yeah, yep. you bet. The word fanatic is uh, shortened to the word fan quite yes. frequently. Uh, other thing to mention in terms of separating Ohio State fans from their money, this one might be um, more useful than the turf. Ohio State will begin selling its pick three football ticket package next week. Single game tickets going on sale for the general public on june 24th so uh stay tuned for those you want to be able to buy i think the three games from the pick three uh it's kind of interesting you can pick three from each group it says arkansas state toledo wisconsin iowa rutgers and indiana so you're going to get one of those uh you know payday games arkansas state or toledo you're going to get either wisconsin or iowa you're going to get either rutgers or indiana <laughs> well that's the way i the way i read that so yeah no i i think so too and that's you know a little bit of a crapshoot but yeah it is yeah it is. a bit of a crapshoot plans start at 166 dollars for the three game package you'll have the option to choose the best available seating for multiple price zones to build your package nice uh naturally the notre dame nor michigan games will will not be included in the pick three plans yeah no i'm no, sure you not. did not begin this is a nice little touch too um if you're a member of the ohio state alumni association single game pre-sale for members will begin june 21st at 10 a.m general public will begin three days later so there you go prices uh single day so back to talking about you and I, you have discussed this at length over the years about the expense of going to the games and um, some of the challenges Ohio State may have in the future and keeping the shoe mostly sold. Single game ticket prices will, will vary by opponent in price, but will start as low as $42 for Arkansas State and Toledo. Will be as I appreciate as, that, uh, by the way. I'm, yeah, I'm, I think that's going. smart. Yeah, I agree. 149 for Notre Dame and Michigan. I thought it was always um, a ridiculous conceit when the tickets were like the same price across the board yeah. once they got to certain it was fine probably like when we were undergrads it wasn't you, you know the prices weren't obscene yet uh -huh. but when you start approaching you know 100 bucks a whack ain't nobody gonna go pay well i shouldn't say nobody most of us are not gonna go pay 100 dollars for arkansas State, right right so right. 
This is uh, this is a move smart on them to be that flexible. Supply and demand, baby. Supply and demand. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our favorite part of the program. Ask us anything. You are reminded, as always, that uh, this segment of the program, like the program in its entirety, is brought to you by the Dry Goods Store. Warriors.com. I mentioned earlier some of my favorite things that I have acquired via the Dry Goods Store. You can acquire some of your favorite things from the Dry Goods Store by visiting Dry Goods. Dot 11 warriors.com johnny my friend i understand the mailbag runneth over this week tell us all about it well and we want to remind you that you can send us questions to dubcast at 11 warriors.com and i want to start off with a question that we've delayed a little bit and i want to get into uh matt i promise you that we would say it we would get into it and we're going to do that we're going to do that now so anyway this is from matt uh from may 17th who says not only does the team of coaches that we've assembled, because we did do that. Uh, they that was a great segment, by the way, if people don't remember that, go back and listen to that. We assembled an entire um, roster of coaches based entirely on characters from movies, TV yes. shows, and the Marvel cinematic universe that had been referenced previously on the us, dubcast. Yeah. It was an inspired question, Matt. Brilliant. Uh, so we're continuing basically with that premise in this question yes and uh apparently they win everything national championship sweep the awards all that good stuff uh and most unbelievably ryan day wins big 10 coach of the year that's funny good yeah that's where that's where actually you strain the bonds of that's uh, right credulity just a little far for me i was with you up until like you mentioned in the question a nuclear reactor and robots and so on yeah and i was with you until you said ryan day wins Big 10 coach there. Like, Nonsensical. I didn't understand that. Not a thing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he says, this is where we come in. All right. So Gene Smith's basically giving us carte blanche and we have to propose TV movie characters similar enough to head coaches that no one will know they've been replaced with the robots, uh, whose mission is to throw the games. For the so we got to find doppelgangers essentially for the significant uh, teams on Ohio state's 2022 schedule. Uh, who we believe might give Ohio State some fits. So essentially, again, the premise of the question is, all right, we are trying to create doppelgangers for the most challenging teams on Ohio State's 2022 schedule um, that will then uh, <laughs> uh, undermine their their actual <laughs> team's chances so that and, and no one will be and, and people will be none the wiser, right? Because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to make it too obvious. We have to find these these robots that are similar to tv and movie characters yeah um and uh yeah using utilize your expertise as college football knowers to predict teams that ohio state could face in the big 10 championship and college football playoff and then also propose replacement coaches for them as well so looking at the uh the count or the schedule here andy let's let's start with this give me three teams that you think ohio state is gonna you know not necessarily struggle with, but who would pro- maybe pose the greatest challenge for them in the regular season? Yeah, I, I mean, the three obvious ones to me are uh, Notre Dame, uh, Penn State, and, and Michigan. All right, so let's do that. So let's start with Notre Dame, all right? It, we're, we're replacing, uh, you know, Marcus Freeman here. We're going to replace this dude with a, a doppelganger based off a television or movie character. What do, what do we do? What do we get here with with? Marcus Freeman. Yeah, actually, so I I have um, the guy who plays Jake from State Farm. <laughs> okay, as my guy, the who guy replaced the... an actual he like Jake from State Farm used to be an actual employee of State Farm. Like, nah, not photogenic enough. And then they got this dude and put him in a medium 
right? Yeah. Like gave him a yeah, well, I was going to say the dude with the guns, right? Like, That's right. I don't know what his name is, but it's the dude with the guns. I almost went because I, because I think this is, I, I think that whole series is funny. I almost went yeah. with Drake from state farm. Like oh, we're God. just going to sub Drake in for Marcus Freeman. I almost went there like, no, that's a, that's a bridge too far. So I'm going with Jake from state farm as, as my guy. Uh, he's, he's incredibly competent. He has that, that sharp, good looking quality about he him. Does. He's a good but, looking dude, but, but, but uh, you know, but, but we're going to, we're going to program that robot to make some, make some critical errors uh <laughs> critical errors along the way yes jake That's from State Farm. Weird choice. i love that that's so good i, I love i'm trying to stay specific. with the spirit of you know the thing right no it's fantastic <laughs> i think it's great um man that did i set the bar too off. high did i set the bar no no i just didn't expect i just i guess i didn't did, did, had you jake did you State prepare Farm. to marcus freeman doppelganger no i was thinking um <laughs> i was thinking like uh terry cruz or something oh my god that's i love that terry so, cruz too old for marcus freeman is the problem he's a little old there. Yeah. but he's also like in super great shape and I oh think my god got, yes he's a machine and if you've seen brooklyn 99 i mean the attitude is there right like very 100%. positive yes i don't know man terry cruz was my choice on this and again it's not again Jake from State Farm is an excellent choice. Ter- but... Terry Crews, also my favorite host on America's Got Talent. He's just, <laughs> he's, he's brilliant. Makes sense. Um, all right. So for Penn State, all right. So James Franklin, who, who do you got? Uh, Keegan Michael Key. That, um, and, and yeah. I can't, and I, I mean, they've actually done this bit, right? They like, have. So and I, and, and I know it's cheating a little bit, but I don't care. It's, perfect. it's totally cheating. And I also don't care because I'm like, oh my golly, Gene Ed, that is, it's so spot on. It, it's, yeah. It's brilliant. And I also think Keegan Michael Key is hilarious. Uh, yes. Dude is a comedic genius. So I just, the, the, and, and it's probably because one of my favorite shticks of all time was their um, Key and Peel doing football names. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best sketches ever. Oh, yeah. You know? No, it's like hilarious. Hingle McClingleberry. And <laughs> it's just brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. Um, that is, that would have been my choice as well. Um, if you know what, if it's the right answer, it's the right answer. And I'm not going to pick a wrong answer just because it's, it's already been done. So I think that's perfect. And then of course, last is Jim Harbaugh. So this is an interesting one, right? Because Harbaugh is such a unique, weird personality in of himself. Uh, who would you, who would you say would be his, his doppelganger that we used to replace him with? Yeah, I, I struggled with this one uh, for a little bit. I, I almost went with Billy Bob Thornton as Sling Blade. Oh, um, God. But, but, but what I actually went with was Cousin Eddie from the Christmas Vacation and, and <laughs> Vacation series. Um, <laughs> they, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, my, my thing with my thing with Harbaugh is, you know, like you always ask the question, like when watching professional wrestling, is it a yeah. shoot or a work? You know, and I've never quite figured out with I've never quite figured out with Harbaugh. I don't think he's figured it out. Is, is it, I think is it, I think it varies murderer? depending on the time of day. <laughs> is he really a serial killer? Uh, is is he that like is the I just don't know. Is is he breaking kayfabe or or is the character the guy? Yeah. I just I just don't know. Is it a shoot or is it a work? So I went with Cousin Eddie because you just can't quite tell with Cousin Eddie like are you really this insanely stupid or are you playing clark there's always a part of me that thinks eddie's playing clark right <laughs> he's not really but like could you really be this i mean it's brilliant yeah 
Well, and you know what though? Like the guy who plays Cousin Eddie is is actually See? See? that's not a that's not a really that's not a word. That's no, a shoot. That's, yeah, that's a shoot. Yeah, totally yeah. A shoot. Because that dude is is absolutely straight up bonkers off um, his hinges. Yeah, he's yeah he's less said about that. Uh, who I did you have that, down on your dance card for Harbaugh as the? So here's the, the thing, and I I cheated on this one as well a little bit. Um, you go back to uh, Screech from no, <laughs> no, I well, so I picked a, 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 a very unfortunately deceased actor, um, someone who I enjoyed quite a bit and, and pretty much everything that he did, not because I think he was like the greatest actor of all time, but because I think like, you know, a shoot or a work, it was really hard to kind of tell with this dude. And regardless, he was entertaining and, and damn near everything he was in, um, in part because I think he was just kind of playing himself for the most part but i think bill paxton would have been an unbelievable oh, yeah. jim harbaugh yeah, and, you know been. like think That's about really think about the kind of characters that he plays right like guys who are really just incredulous at all times you know what i mean like it's in in twister in aliens and even titanic a simple play like these are guys who are just befuddled at all times and like really just baffled at what's going on around him and kind of indignant about it. Okay. So, did you ever see the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis classic? Of course, true lies, true of course. Lies. And, and he, him playing, you know, what Carlos, the Jackal or whatever yeah. he said his name was. Yeah. And he's really what, like, you know, this random just jabroni. Really, yeah, just, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, that's the, you know what? That's really the best word for it. He was so good at playing jabronis and like, even in even in serious movies like Apollo 13, right, where he's playing a relatively serious character, it's like it's just a dude who is not he's just kind of out of his element a little bit. And I don't know, man, I think he would have been fantastic as Jim Harbaugh. So R.I.P. to that guy, eminently entertaining as a uh, as an actor and uh, very, very much missed. So. You know what? I I would have to go ahead and put Harbaugh as 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 his uh, his doppelganger. I think yeah, you get idea. the win for you get the win there. That one's brilliant. I love it. All right. So okay. So but okay. We're we're still projecting out into the college football playoff. I would have to say you got to be. It's got to be Kirby Smart and uh, well, I guess you could say Dabo maybe, but I'm going to say Kirby Smart. I'm going to say um, Saban. So w- what would you say for these guys? Cause I feel like that's even more difficult than the ones that we. I, I'm going to give you Kirby smart. I got it. I, I prepared Nick Saban though. So, oh, okay. So Saban, uh, totally, um, 100% without a doubt, Al Pacino, Al Pacino okay. is my, yeah, my Nick really Saban. Actually, yeah. I, I just, every time I see <laughs> Saban and I struggled with, okay, is, is, is he Nick? Cause the obvious one is, you know, Saban played, uh, in a football, not Saban. See, I'm already talking about them interchangeably. Pacino right. did a football movie, right? So any given Sunday, oh, that's right, uh, Pacino was the coach. Uh, now in that coach, you know, he's like losing his team and his grip on reality. So that's not the right, because that is not Saban by any stretch. So I, I was trying to struggle. At first, I'm like, it's John Milton in The Devil's Advocate. You know, it's Pacino uh-huh. as the devil. Um, one of my favorite Pacino performances ever because it's so over the top, even by Pacino standards, right? It is. Yes, it, yeah, it is. It is way over the top. Everything about that movie is over the top. Yeah. Um, yes. I love the movie nonetheless, way over the top. But I actually think it's Pacino as Michael Corleone in the Godfather trilogy, mm-hmm. like because he is he is in control of the family, even when 
the circumstances are spinning out of control as they are in the NIL family. Michael is still, he's got the grip. He, he is the Godfather. He is the guy. Uh, and, and you look at the arc of Saban and his career, he railed against this stuff like NIL and transfer. He didn't want to do that. He, he tried to warn you. And, and you look at, at Michael, he didn't want to be his dad, right? He didn't want, he wanted to stay away from all that. He warned him, but eventually he adapted. He became the guy yeah. he had, to, you know, it's, it's too perfect. So that'd that's, be good. that's it. Who do you got for Kirby smart? Cause I, I, I just went straight for the obvious one. No, no, that's fair. I mean, well, I was thinking about Saban too. And Saban is actually, I think Billy Bob Thornton would oh, be could do that. Yeah. Cause totally. just a really, cause the thing is, I understand what you're saying with, you know, the Mike Corleone and all that, that that's, you know, I think that makes sense without Pacino, but I, the vibes I get from Saban are very much a guy who's just tired, like very competent, but just tired of this crap and really just so above it to the point where he's like, I don't have time for this ridiculousness. And I think if you're going to have kind of a country boy, who's just sick of everything around him, uh, Billy Bob kind of, I think can give off that kind of vibe. I think he's very good at that. Just I'm tired of this crap kind of thing. Um, for Kirby smart, Kirby smarts harder. And it's, you know, what's really funny too, is, uh, I was looking up like pictures of Kirby smart for this. Yeah. And the picture, like th- there are two, there are two types of pictures of Kirby smart as they exist on the internet. There's the Kirby smart picture that he uses for his Twitter handle from like 2000. Yes. And then there's what he actually looks like now, which is not, <laughs> they they are not the same person. So like the guy, the guy from like 2000, okay, you could probably have like, I don't know, whatever teen beat guy who's like playing ugly, I guess, for a serious film that you want to insert. The guy now is basically Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's really funny. Nice. And again, another, another, you know, RIP before his time uh, actor, but uh, you know, Kirby Smart just kind of, he doesn't, he hasn't really, he hasn't really developed the kind of like personality i think that we uh we would have to associate with this kind of thought exercise right like i feel like pretty much anybody could play him um and project it on there so for me that's a little bit harder i i saw i was actually seeing on the internet that somebody uh said that um oh who is the dude from the hunt for october oh uh Main I, started say, I started to say sean connery i'm like that's not who you no mean. no 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 <laughs> uh alec baldwin yeah alec baldwin so he said yeah. alec baldwin today though would fit in with kirby smart today mm. like they have mm. similar like getting a little older a little chunkier they could do that and alec baldwin could probably maybe pull off a, a good old boy uh you know yeah you could tell totally southern football coach i guess but yeah i don't know kirby smart's kind of a blank slate right now so i did i did think about dabo after you mentioned that a moment ago uh yeah. my guy for dabo ernest p Worrell. speaking of uh actors jim varney oh, rest rest in peace <laughs> okay maybe i'm just taking a shot to take a shot that's funny yeah fair enough you know what i'll i'll take it so ernest, ernest goes to football camp that's what <laughs> that's good um all right so matt there you go um well done matt i don't know where you go from here but well, well you know done. what he says he's got a final installment of the trilogy so you better come up with something buddy <laughs> um so yeah that was an excellent question i appreciate it all right so this next one here is from our good friend alvin who simply wants to know if you could rewrite the end of a classic movie 
which movie are you switching up and how would you end it oh geez um <laughs> uh that's a, that's a great one um you know I, I i immediately wanted to make some smart ass comment about titanic the stunning mrs vance has been it's only because you mentioned it earlier i suppose that i want to make some no titanic is like, fine because you can you don't end it wouldn't be you wouldn't change the end of like rose and jack you would change the end of where the what happens to the freaking hope diamond that she's <laughs> yeah. lugging around worth 250 million dollars i'm just gonna chuck this into the ocean what yeah the yeah you know whatever <laughs> i i i always like that you my, know this my is either a- grandkid i'm sure will face no financial difficulties whatsoever at any point in her life so i'm just gonna go and get rid of this yeah yeah this was like I, I don't remember what it was a Reddit thread or an internet meme or something. You know, Rose is the villain in that movie, <laughs> you know, and yeah. they go through all of the stuff that she did. It was like, you know, she, she dropped uh, Jack in the ocean when, you know, here, come up on the board with See me. You, idiot. I'll never let you go uh, until I do. And yeah, right. uh, yeah, then, then the throwing the thing in the ocean after, you know, again, back to Bill Paxton after poor bastards out there you know spending millions of dollars to bring this thing back you know and yeah she's the villain clearly the villain push that old lady in she's go get it lady you dropped it you go get it (laughs) (laughs) you know what here's the thing okay so this is when i think classic right like i want to go like way back in time but i'm I'm thinking jurassic park right now oh wow and the end to jurassic park is very different in the book versus the film i mean a lot's different from the book and the film yes it is right and like chief among it is that you know the 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 guy running the park is is you know he's kind of a kindly you know not yeah that character changes so much yeah yeah he's and he's like in the book he's like a horrible like capitalist douchebag and gets what's coming to him you know but they the end i honestly would have loved to have seen i i know the it's thematically completely totally inconsistent with the rest of the movie the rest of the film how it's made but in the book they carpet bomb they carpet bomb the dinosaur island yeah like the the costa rican air force shows up and just bombs the absolute shit out of that island it just they explode everything on there and like uh the uh, Muldoon lives and uh they get out of there like helicopter while they watch the island just erupt in a ball of fire yeah and I think that would be pretty funny to watch I think that would be a pretty awesome alternate take on that ending so I would have to say that one just for the sheer shock value um of of watching that happen but the real one is fine it's good it's you know makes you reflect on what happened and it's nice and calming but the the book just ends in the most insane crazy way ever and uh i don't know i kind of want to see it so i don't know how about you what do you think yeah no i'm sticking with titan i'm sticking with titan oh yeah that's right okay yeah so that's that's mine i'm good good choice good choice yeah oh rose yeah can't do it all right so here we go so uh what's the worst storm you've ever lived through it's from josh josh f good 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 question uh you know i don't know that i've ever really had anything super bad i I feel like i feel like i've always managed to dodge i remember here a few years ago there was a huge ice storm all over the place and like down home you know my family was i were out of power for like 
five, six days yeah. uh, from the ice storm. I'm trying to remember how many years ago that was now where I live. There was Ohio. a crazy windstorm that knocked out power here in Ohio, like where I was living for like a week. Yeah. Like, and, and I mean, where, where I lived, uh, I don't think I was out of power like at all. Um, yeah. I, I can't say I've ever really lived through anything super insane. Uh, you know, the, when I lived, uh, out in Logan County, I lived on a farm out in Logan County for several years and we had a, a, f- a few like really old trees and it seemed like if the wind blew more than about like seven miles an hour, I would have to spend a couple of days picking up limbs. out. All of right. Yeah. It was just one of those that just dropped limbs like crazy. And so yeah. you're going to have to pick those up. So before you mow the yard and, but yeah, nothing too crazy. Um, so the the aforementioned windstorm was pretty nuts where i was at because like this is i was just in middletown i was living with my parents at the time and it was like yeah we didn't have power for a week and it was it was eerie too because it was just wind it wasn't anything else and we were all just kind of standing around outside like all our neighbors came out and stuff we're all kind of looking around i was like this seems bad and then this giant tree in one of our neighbor's yard which uh, huge just snapped in half while we were standing there we're like all right let's go inside yeah (laughs) <laughs> this is not yeah this may be not the best thing to be hanging around <laughs> um so that was pretty wild but the one that was like probably the scariest that i actually was in um i didn't I, I i was never actually like scared it was just intense because i i was in japan at the time and it wasn't like i guess what made it weird was that it was intense rain but there really wasn't a lot of wind at all it wasn't like wind was blowing or anything like that so it wasn't like okay you know it's not gonna knock anything over um but it was just super intense rain and it was during the the monsoon season where i was living and, and where i lived um kind of had a, a, a unique geography it was in a basin surrounded by mountains and there was like a big volcano range nearby so what would happen is we would get weather that would just sit in the basin and these thunderstorms just chilled out one night like in that basin area where i was at and it was a 10 hour thunderstorm like and it felt like the lightning i was hanging out at a friend's place at the time we were just you know, hanging out over there and, you know, drinking and, and playing video games or whatever. And it felt like the lightning was like literally 20 feet away every time, like a lightning strike. It, it felt like it was right there and it would light up the apartment. And it just, it was insane. It was like, it was just going on around us at the time. Like we were in the thunderstorm and it went on for 10 hours. And eventually I'm like, I got to go to bed. This is yeah, stupid. Right. It was like four in the morning <laughs> and I'm, like this is dumb this has been going on for literally like six or eight hours at that point and i was like i can't sleep this is insane so i just like i went into a closet because i just couldn't the sound and the light was just too much and so i just went into a closet and slept because it was it wasn't that i was like scared it was just it right. was intense it was just too much um so that was nuts that was a really crazy thing that we uh we had to deal with but that's the only time it's that i've i've been in a situation like that that was that was bonkers that was and crazy. usually i would say like storms don't bother me too much when i'm stationary like you know at home in the house yeah, like yeah. Eh, what's the worst thing that's really going to happen but the ones that always get me is when you're out driving like oh yeah drive I, hate and, I hate driving in storms yeah like insanely heavy rain and you know i've, I've had a couple of that i've put some miles on in my years uh travel you know a fair bit for work and that sort of thing and so you you know you get to driving and you just eventually pull over and it's really tiring it's really tiring to drive in that you know because it is because you're you're constantly like being alert and aware of everything that's going on and it's just it sucks yeah yeah i absolutely get that 
Um, all right. So next question here. Thank you, Josh. That was excellent. Um, okay. So this is from Matt in Minneapolis who says, this is relating to my uh, cars are cool article. Uh, so he says, let me say that I'm not objecting to the concept of the idea that either cars are cool or that established new starters should have their right to earn a luxury car. Um, he's asking this question because as parents, if your child was offered something in this vein for effectively having done nothing, cough, cough, Quinn Ewers, cough, cough, yeah. would you allow them to take it or would you make them earn it? He says that he'd tell his son that no, he's done nothing to earn that status symbol. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he's driving around, he's, he's kind of being a jerk, uh, you know, coming off as an arrogant, entitled, you know, guy around his teammates. Is he being an old man withers and yelling, get off my lawn? Or am I, am I being reasonable and telling my kid not to act like an entitled a-hole? I, I mean, I think there's, I think there's a couple different issues here. One as, as a, as a dad, like I'm, I'm 100 with you in spirit. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we we we're constantly it. trying to you raise, want your kids to earn it, right? Yeah, you you do. You want them to earn it. You want to. I mean, one of the things. So, our our family hobby is. Uh, I want to brag on my kid a minute, but like our family hobby is is doing the dog show thing. And and our yeah. kid, you know, we I think I mentioned on the show. You know, our kid won a natty <laughs> in mm-hmm. essence. You know, in junior, pretty incredible. Year. Uh, a few weeks ago she's nine you know my job now for the next nine years is to keep her humble and manage expectations right Right, like right when you when you do something that that big straight out the gate you know it's hard to then you've got to manage that right because you don't want your kid to suddenly be like all right i already know everything you can't teach me anything else well spoiler alert not true uh you know the older i get the more i realize all the stuff i don't know you know Mm -hmm. that's your your grasp of uh your total ignorance of things i think you know only only grows as you get older you start out young knowing that you know everything and then by the time you get to a certain age you realize you know nothing johnson right so uh i i get that i'm with you in spirit that said i mean if some rich donors wanting to give my kid an aston martin you know, this is kind of like the Reddit I'm making thread. him drive me around. This is kind of the Reddit threads. Am I the asshole? You know, like, oh, sure. Am I the yeah. asshole. <laughs> well, so. and here's the other thing. Here's what I hear. In, in theory, I agree with you. I understand that impulse and that that, you know, desire to want to make a kid earn something and not get a big head and stuff. However, I would add, hasn't Quentin Ewers actually accomplished something? I mean, wasn't this dude basically the best recruit in the entire country? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not like he's been screwing around and not really trying up until this point. I mean, this guy worked hard to get to the point where he's at. I understand he's still very young, but like he's it's not like he won a game of tiddlywinks, right? It's not that he's considered to be the best like rock, paper, scissors player in the country. I mean, this guy achieved quite a bit at this very young age still. And I, I kind of get it. Like, especially if we're going to put that much around them and, you know, give them that much adulation before stepping onto the field, then okay. I guess we can't complain too much if somebody else wants to do something commensurate to that. So I don't know. I I feel like he has kind of accomplished something. Um, Now, granted in the grand scheme of things is Texas happy with what he's accomplished. No, they, they want him to Go out there done and win some football game. D- diddly crap for Texas at this point. I mean, I think right. that's where that sort of is is born from. I really liked uh so and you you know I've said before I don't follow recruiting super closely, but uh, a defensive lineman named Darren Reed, Ohio State is is pretty high on four star 
uh, in the class of 23. I loved his comment on on Twitter. Um, he said something to the effect of, I'm not worried about NIL because I'm trying to get to the NFL. And, <laughs> I, and, and, I, and I love that attitude, right? And I think a lot of... That's a great attitude, but... A lot of somebody... football guys. But 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 I mean, so I, I, where I'm going with this, when I said, you know, I in spirit, I'm, I'm with the the op here um as a dad but at the same time i mean i i go back to i used to be opposed to you know players leaving early to go to the draft oh, until sure. the greg odin situation like so you know and i was right. i was still fairly young and again forming your opinions and realizing you don't know everything uh, you know greg odin was the coolest thing ever and then the poor bastard never really gets a career off the ground because right. you know portland basically destroyed his knees Right. Uh, so that, that said to me, I'm, I'm like, I'm glad he got his, his first round money when he could, because you know, there was no, there was no contract after right. that, right? Get what and you can, when you can, you get what you can, when you can, that's exactly right. That's, that is absolutely right. I, yeah. I don't begrudge anyone the opportunity to make it, you know, if you got them smoke them today, because we might not live to tomorrow, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, so last question here. This is from the Mast Interrogator. Oh my God, so amazing! I love it. Uh, this question is more for you than for me. Oh, okay. uh, you have the perspective that Ohio State athletics should be elite at everything, and that Gene Smith is the best athletic director in the country. I feel like we would both agree with that. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, but Ohio State is not the best athletic department in the Big Ten. That honor actually belongs to Michigan, which won 13 conference championships this year. On aggregate, that tends to finish above Ohio State in conference standing. Hmm. Interesting, interesting point, the mass interrogator. Uh, people tend to focus on football above all else, but why do you think Ohio State ought to be the best at everything when there are big-time sports that the athletic department obviously cares about, like baseball specifically, where they haven't sniffed greatness for decades? Hmm. That's actually, that's a very good point, um, mass interrogator. I don't know, Andy. How, how do we square that circle? That yeah, it's, we it's, expect it's, Ohio it's, State to be the best at everything, but they're, they're falling behind even Michigan if you're looking on aggregate. Uh, it is a, well, I don't know if I accept the premise of the question in that regard, but, uh, I will, I, I will say I do, I do see the point of, of the question, especially the example of baseball. It, so the one thing I'll acknowledge is that absent our scenario, we laid out earlier where the mythical Saudi prince decides he's a fan oh, of yeah, right. Ohio state and just bestows uh, infinite money. Um, you know, they're there are in reality constraints. There are resource constraints. Uh, there are, but it's very rare. You know, if you go back and you look at the, what is it they call it? The, the director's cup, the, it's the Learfield thing that they do every year. Oh yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's the director's cup. Yeah. The director's yeah the director's cup. Cup. If you go back and you look at the director's cup standings over time, I mean, you, you would think an Ohio state or God forbid, even a Michigan or an Alabama or somebody like that would, would win those, uh, every year. And typically it was Stanford, right? So because they were good at a bunch of sports other than football and basketball and, and so on. Um, if I'm looking, so this was according to the latest I'm trying to look here and see the division one winter standings for uh the the Learfield Directors Cup where Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Stanford, and Texas were the were like the top five. That's mm -hmm. kind of funny. So the challenges I I think that are very real. Um something like baseball, for example, if you look at the top schools in baseball, none of them have been north of the Mason Dixon line in like half a century. Right. 
you know, the South just dominates baseball for a variety of reasons. Um, and, you know, so there are some sports where it is just very, very difficult for outside of a, you know, a select in the same way we could be saying it's going to be very, very difficult for schools outside of the traditional, you know, what, six to 10 schools who have been represented in the playoff every year. It's going to be mm. very, very difficult for schools outside that group for a variety of reasons to, to break into that. Now, why do I feel like Ohio state should be the best at everything? One, cause I'm a greedy bastard, you know, mm-hmm. Ohio state's my school and like probably fans everywhere. I've never been content with the notion that, well, Ohio state's a football school. So the basketball team can never be as good as a Duke or a UK right, or yeah. whatever. Well, I, especially I, with the resources that Ohio state has. Well, that's always my answer, right? So, I mean, Gene Smith has, if not, limitless money more money than everybody but texas yeah pretty much i mean really you know you're talking about an organization that has what 180 to 190 million dollars a year that's a lot of chatter to do some stuff with right uh the facilities generally considered if not in every sport and they haven't been in every sport but in the last you know 10 years you're looking at the new wrestling facility new tennis facilities new this new this new this the amount of work that's been done on the athletic campus brilliant the, the school has, I think, largely kept up in the arms race on facilities. Mm-hmm. You, clearly, they're trying to do what needs to be done on NIL. The school's been pretty, you know, vocal about. Yeah, super proactive. Trying to, yeah, exactly. So I, I think, you know, they've, there, there's several things at play. One is, is people. So, so, so certainly it starts with coaching. Gene Smith's been pretty great at hiring head coaches. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, you could still, you could still see room for improvement. I know a lot of folks would say, well, okay, it was a swing and a miss on basketball should have, should have hired, I don't know, somebody other than, than Chris Holtman. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic <laughs> maybe with the recruits that are coming in, that Holtman will get something done yet in basketball. I like the guy. I have high hopes. We'll see. Certainly. I think Ryan day is a home run. You know, urban Meyer was a home run for for well for for the time and i would agree with you that i think it all comes down to coaching like it's it's about finding the right coaches you've got the resources you've got the facilities you just got to make sure you have the right coaches in place and if you have that i think ohio state that's what i mean like i agree with you there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to you know find the right coaches they've got the facilities they got the money they've got the clout they've got the reach so yeah there shouldn't be any reason that they are just as successful top to bottom as Stanford who anybody else, you know? Yeah. So, but, but I do acknowledge, I, I do acknowledge that there, there are challenges. Baseball's, you know, is a great example. Of sure. It. Yeah. It's, it's easy to say Ohio state should be the best at everything and, and still acknowledge that they're not literally going to be the best at everything. Right. But they can expect that because I think that's, that's what keeps you, that's what keeps you at the top of your game. That's what keeps you like motivated. You know, you know what the standard could be, you know what you're capable of being able to do. So why not go ahead and do that? So I don't know. I mean, I, to me, I understand like it's, it's not always realistic, you know, or makes sense, but it's a motivator. And especially if you think what's it's within your grasp, then you should keep using it as one. Right. I mean, I don't think there's any reason not to keep telling yourself if you're Ohio state that we've got to win every single thing whenever we can. Uh, if you, if you start with the assumption that, well, Ohio state can't be the best at everything. Of course, they're not going to, you know? So if you, right. if you start with the expectation that, Hey, there aren't, you know, we're not, we're not talking about, uh, you know, South Dakota state here or something like right. this is a, 
this is a university that that has the wherewithal and the brand power you know because some of it's brand and marketing right the kids sure. have to want to come here and a lot play. of it is yeah you've got to be able to recruit the fact that columbus is a great city to live in you mm-hmm. know back to recruiting those coaches but also to recruiting the players who play for them this is a great place to live ohio state has that and a lot of college towns can't bring the living experience that columbus can okay it's right. not it's not new york chicago or la but it sure as hell ain't Iowa City or Tuscaloosa. <laughs> right. You know, that right. counts for something too. Anyway, great so question. Too. Yep, great question. And thank you for all the questions that you guys sent for Ask Us Anything and continue to do so throughout the offseason. We appreciate it. All right, friends. Great episode. Uh, very much enjoyed this week's segment of Ask Us Anything. Send those questions in. We'll continue to covering the permutations of uh, college offseason chicanery, whether that be through uh, NIL, the recruiting trail, or God forbid, any uh, news that breaks relative to activities on the field of play, all that and more coming next week on your favorite podcast. Until then, I'm Andy. I'm Johnny. And this is the 11 Dubcast.